Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Maz and you're listening to episode 10 of the Balanced Natural Health podcast, where we discuss East, West and all the best in natural health. So today I'd like to talk about exercise and can we have too much of a good thing. And today's discussion was inspired by some of the patients that I have coming in to see me with chronic fatigue or hormone disruption or they're wanting to work on fertility and getting pregnant. And sometimes some of these patients are exercising way too intensively for their body to maintain a state of health and way too intensively for what Chinese medicine would indicate. And unlike what we're surrounded by in the modern Western world of, you know, the Nike slogan of just do it and just smashing your body and going hard, which can be great sometimes, but we're confronted with these ideals that we should just be pushing ourselves and striving at all times. And it's leading us to be burnt out, exhausted, it's draining our health, and we're not feeling at our peak health and optimal wellness. So I think this is an important one to have a chat about. So let's get into it. So first of all, I just want to state that I think regular movement is one of the foundations of good health and Chinese medicine has regular and daily movement as one of the pillars of health maintenance. So I am absolutely not suggesting that we should just be hanging out on the couch watching Netflix and not getting off our butts. We definitely need to be moving but it's the kind of exercise that we're doing and asking ourselves if we're if the exercise is serving us or if our life is really just serving the exercise and not leaving much energy for other areas of our life and our health. And from a very simple perspective, we can consider the question of exercise within our lives from a yin and yang perspective. So yin and yang really informs the flow of life around us. It's a philosophical concept that can be applied to our environment as well as our health. And basically it talks about the importance of there being a dynamic balance and of not being too far at one end of the spectrum or the other. So in light of that, when we consider how we live our modern lives, they're very often quite hectic and demanding a lot of our energies. So we're multitasking, we're working long hours, we're rushing to and from the office and trying to cram in a gym session before dropping the kids off or picking them up from somewhere. So we're always go, 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 which is a very yang mode. And this is what can trigger us to be in fight or flight mode. So within nervous system modes, that's the sympathetic nervous system mode. And when we're in this mode, we're running on adrenaline and our bodies are primed for action. So we might feel amazing for a while because we are running on adrenaline and it gives us that focus and that sharpness. But what it does in preparing us to be in fight or flight, so literally preparing to fight danger or flee from it our body shuts down all non-immediately essential functions like resting and repair and digestion and regulation of hormones and other essential substances in the body so this system is called the parasympathetic nervous system or the rest digest repair and heal and it's really important to have both we can't have 
all yang and similarly if we were all yin then that wouldn't be healthy for us either but it's important to consider what we already have in our lives and what we might need to balance things out so in the case of someone like I mentioned earlier who's juggling a million things and is on the go for 12 hours a day what they potentially need to balance out their health and their system and their nervous system, which is probably already running in fight or flight most of the time, what they potentially need is more yin time, so more rest and digest activities or activities that support that kind of nervous system mode. And so these are things like walking, for example, or slow swimming, yoga, tai chi, qigong, they're activities that link deep breath with movement. So we can see that that happens in all of those activities I mentioned. Whereas activities like intense cardio or spin classes, for example, that again further elevate the heart rate and the breath rate, they can again trigger us back into that fight or flight mode, that sympathetic nervous system mode. So it's so important to look at where we're at and see what we need and one way we can assess this is how do we feel with the kind of exercise that we're doing and I don't just mean immediately afterwards because the effects of the adrenaline of heavy yang exercise will kick on for a few hours afterwards but how do we feel outside of that like do we crash and burn or are we dependent on heavy exercise in order to feel good or to manage our moods are we for example reaching for more coffee or sugary drinks or protein bars to keep our energy going because we're actually crashing and burning so all of these will suggest that we're maybe not moving or exercising in accordance with what our body needs at that particular point in time and there's this idea in Chinese medicine of cultivating our energy to make sure that we have a healthy life and that we age well and gracefully and still maintain our quality of life. And one of the ideas behind this is to view our energy as like a daily savings account. So basically, we want to make sure that we're not overdrawing that savings account. We don't want to get to the end of the day exhausted or having dipped into our backup resources. Because if we're continually doing that over time, we're going to start to degrade our health and degrade our vitality. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, this is when health issues can start to pop up. So it's really important to make sure that we're putting in what we're taking out. So making sure that we're eating adequate food and having adequate rest and downtime and that yin time to balance out all of those yang type of demands that we're asking from our bodies. And this dovetails with a lot of the contemporary biomedical research looking at the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight mode, and the dominance of that system and the health repercussions that can arise from running in fight or flight mode all the time. So because when we're in that mode, we're not getting a chance to repair and heal any cellular damage or rebalance any imbalances in our hormones and chemical messengers. If it's sustained over protracted periods of time, 
again this is showing that this is where health problems can crop up from and in our modern world there are so many things that trigger us into sympathetic nervous system mode so as i mentioned there's work stress there can be all the stresses of life like relationships and money stresses and family stresses and so on it can be the deadlines of work it can be the overwhelm of all of the different messaging that we're getting and all the different media channels and messenger channels that we're having to manage as well it can be the late nights and the pushing on beyond our tiredness. It can also be things like skipped meals, which drop our blood sugar, which the body then perceives as a stress, and it can uh, pop into that fight or flight mode. It can be those stimulating food and drinks or excess coffee and sugar. Even things like um, violent and dramatic news stories or the entertainment that we watch can also trigger our sympathetic nervous system. There was an interesting study actually that looked at type 1 diabetics and the effect of watching violent and scary movies and because that can trigger the adrenaline response and adrenaline being part of the endocrine or hormone system will also have an effect on insulin regulation. So the two are intricately linked, they can't be separated and there was actually shown to be an effect on emotions and stress and then the direct physiological physical counterparts in the body so when you think about how much entertainment is highly stimulating in that way or violent or dramatic or scary we can also see that we're very often uh, re-triggering that fight or flight mode in ourselves and you know we can even be on some subconscious level we can be adrenaline junkies we can be addicted to creating more of that drama and stressful situations in our lives because our body cells can actually become addicted to that jolt of adrenaline they get and because it does feel so amazing in the short term we will subconsciously potentially create situations for ourselves where we're getting more of that hit so this can be things like taking on too much than we can handle so that then we're having to rush around under pressure it can be um, entering into situations or relationships that maybe are causing drama subconsciously so it's interesting to just to examine ourselves and see whether this kind of adrenaline addiction might be going on for us. And if it is, initially it might be uncomfortable to switch over to more of a yin rest and digest mode. Because like any addiction, when we start to turn away from the substance that's giving us the hit, there's going to be withdrawal periods and there might be discomfort around that. So it's important to be gentle with yourself as you start to incorporate more yin and quiet and slow activities into your life and your health will thank you for it because as I mentioned with a lot of the contemporary research there's lots of evidence to show that the dominance of that fight or flight system can lead to conditions like elevated blood pressure, elevated cholesterol, insulin resistance and pre-diabetes and digestive disorders like IBS or irritable bowel syndrome cramping, bloating and food sensitivities and issues around weight gain or loss. So because we're shutting down that ability to digest when we're in fight or flight, we're potentially going to have digestive issues when we're in that mode. So if you are experiencing any of these conditions or if that's a concern for you, it might be a time to have a look at what kind of exercise you're doing in your life. 
Now, if you've been listening along and identifying with all of the yang dominance or sympathetic dominance that might be going on in your life or all of the yang activities, then luckily there are things we can do to encourage more yin time or more of that parasympathetic dominance and to allow the body to start to do its important work of resting, repairing and healing. And in addition to choosing a more supportive kind of exercise or a more restorative kind of exercise that's going to support our nervous system and our healing, the good news is that there are other things we can do to support our bodies to get into that yin mode. And one of the most simple and accessible ways is to look at the kind of breath that we are doing. So when you think about times when you've been stressed or anxious, when you consider the kind of breathing pattern that you were engaged in at that time, very likely it was short, sharp, shallow breaths that didn't really reach the diaphragm. So they would have been up high, perhaps your shoulders were tensed, so the lungs weren't getting a chance to expand and luxuriate into the breath. And the nervous system picks up that when we're breathing like this, that there's potentially a danger that we're affected by. And so it can kick us into that fight or flight mode. So something that we can do to create the opposite effect, to, so to send a signal of safety to the nervous system, that it's safe to drop defenses and get down to the important work of repairing and healing, is to do the opposite kind of breath. So taking a long, slow, deep breath and a complete exhalation. Very commonly when we're doing that short, sharp breathing, when we're stressed, we're not giving ourselves time to exhale, to let go. So allowing ourselves the time and space to fully exhale, even to the point of allowing the exhale to be longer than the inhale, that simple change can be a really powerful message to the nervous system that it is safe to relax. And this is the kind of breathing that rhythmic movement exercises like walking or slow swimming and a lot of the yoga and tai chi or qigong exercises support. So you can do this anywhere. You can do it sitting in traffic if you're getting stressed. You can sit it, you can do it sitting in a meeting or at the dinner table on waking um, before going to bed. So it's a breath called the triangle breath and I've got a link to it in my show notes and it's called the triangle breath because we imagine that we inhale for the duration of one length of the triangle so that might be three breaths it might be two it might be six whatever feels comfortable to your body the important thing is to allow your body to find its own rhythm and own duration so we inhale for one length of the triangle and then we exhale for up to two lengths of the triangle so basically that gives us that rough one to two ratio where the inhale is shorter than the exhale and it doesn't need to be exactly twice as long as the inhalation just important to remember that the exhalation is longer than the inhale and when you are doing that exhale also looking at where in your body you might be holding tension that could be released on the exhale so how is your jaw is the jaw tight how is your brow? Are there any furrows or tight forehead going on? Are you frowning? Where are your shoulders? You can drop your shoulders and let them go as well. And this will automatically allow the diaphragm to descend and allow the lungs to get into a deeper breath. You can also look at our 
musculoskeletal system so are we holding any tension in our hips or our glutes that's a common one and already with those layers of release we're sending those repeated signals of safety to the body that it can soften and relax so that's one really simple way that we can send that message to the body and even just a minute of this kind of breathing can start to turn things around and the more often that we notice that we are in that stressed mode and the more commonly that we turn ourselves around with that triangle breath or that deeper breathing the more we train our body to be less hooked on that adrenaline hit and the more we can set up healthier operating systems for our body so some other ways that we can also help support our parasympathetic or rest and digest nervous system is to try to be asleep by 10 o'clock the parasympathetic nervous system is suggested to be most active between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And this is when it gets to work on cleaning up the stresses and um, any impressions and damage that occurred throughout the day. So falling asleep before this time allows the body to focus on repair and renewal. And there's also been some great research recently looking at how the brain literally washes itself clean while we sleep. So it's so important for our mental and emotional health as well as our physical health to make sure that we're asleep by 10 o'clock so that important work can happen um, another thing is to avoid multitasking particularly when eating if we're thinking of a million things or getting stressed then our bodies aren't going to be able to rest and digest and absorb the nutrients and therefore build our energy and have the building blocks in order to do the essential repair work that they're doing and another great way is acupuncture so acupuncture has been shown in repeated studies to be a powerful treatment for rebalancing the nervous system and for switching us over into that parasympathetic nervous system mode there's actually a little point in the ear that i very commonly put ear acupuncture stickers in and this point is directly linked to the parasympathetic nervous system so in addition to all of the body points that we use we can also do some points in the ear so i hope that's been helpful it's always worth considering how the way we live is serving us and if it's helping us feel our best and be our best and particularly with the demands of modern life and the the pace of modern life i think it can be a good idea to incorporate more yin time into our daily life so i hope that's been interesting and helpful and provided some food for thought as always Feel free to get in touch and send me any questions you'd like me to discuss in future episodes. All of my contact details are in the show notes. And as always, also a reminder that Chinese medicine is an individualized medicine that tailors the treatment to the individual person. And this means that none of the information discussed today is intended to replace your existing medical advice from other medical practitioners. If you would like more detail, please see your Chinese medicine practitioner for a detailed and personalized assessment. Thanks for listening and wishing you the very best of health.